Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. I don't know how familiar you are with Leonard Cohen uh, or the song Hallelujah. You've heard it because it is the most covered song in the history of recording, uh, the recording industry. And it's just got level real. Uh, much like the Bible stories, it spotlights. It's one of the reasons I believe the Word of God to be absolutely true. It doesn't whitewash the weakness or the flaws or, or the, the terrible sins of its main leaders. Very first verse of Cohen's song, he throws the spotlight on the greatest king among God's people, King David, who from the heights of his greatness takes a terrible fall into sin. And it just wrecks him. The the sin is so personally devastating that he's overcome with guilt and shame. He doesn't know if he'll ever, if he'll ever get past the shame. Let me show you what he prays. I think I'll show you. I will? Oh, there it is. Man, I don't, can you take the background away? You you guys may not know this, but I've been become blind since I saw you left. Oh, thank you very much. David prays this way. Have mercy on me, O God. It's a passionate cry of a broken heart. Have mercy on me, O God. Remember what Jesus said? Those who pray this prayer, have mercy on me, O God. They go away from that prayer just as if they never sinned. Justified before God. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Hold that in your mind. Unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Hold that in your mind. Blot out my transgression. He's going to list three different Hebrew words for sin. Each corresponding, now transgression corresponds with mercy. Have mercy on my transgression, my rebellion against you, O God. Let's go on with the text. He prays, wash away all my iniquity, guilty behavior, and cleanse me from my sin. Impurity of motive, we've all got that. Impurity of thought, impurity of desire. David just kind of looks at his sin at three different angles with mercy, compassion, and the unfailing love of God to remedy the sickness of his sin. So how is he ever going to get beyond his guilt and shame? I mean, I want to know because I have sinned. How do I get past my guilt and shame? I know I'm forgiven, but how do you get rid of the shame? I'm going to guess you want to know. Here's what David says just a few verses later. I will overcome. Isn't that wild? I will overcome my guilt. I will overcome my shame. I will overcome my sinful past. I will overcome with my joyous praise. Now there are seven seven different Hebrew words for praise in the Old Testament. Um, Kind of like layer after layer of different meanings and nuances of praise. Uh, One that we're really familiar with is the Hebrew word halal, from which we get our word hallelujah. And yah is the name of God, so hallelujah means praise God. Praise God. So 
David says, with my joyous praise of God, that's how I'm going to get rid of this guilt. That's how I'm going to remedy this shame. That's how I'm going to get past my sin. Verse 2 in Cohen's song is about not a great king, but the greatest physical specimen on the planet, Samson. He was the, Israel's greatest our strongest man. I mean, on the inside, he's a 90-pound spiritual weakling. On the outside, he's buff, built. But Samson also takes a terrible tumble into sin, and his sin is fatal. It, it, it brings about his death. Here are the last words that he spoke to God. Samson prayed, Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. And God answers his prayer using his last feet of incredible physical strength. Samson dies. And I see these stories illustrated in the song, but right from God's Word, and I find them troubling, disturbing, unsettling, sobering. I mean, these men sinned, and then they praised the Lord. They suffered personal loss, and then they praised the Lord. So here's my question. Is it possible? Is it possible to praise the Lord first before we fall? Is it possible to praise the Lord first before we fail? Is it possible to praise the Lord first before we sin and then just go from victory to victory, strength to strength, glory to glory? Well, to answer that question, let me introduce you to another man. He's a king. He's not Israel's greatest king, but he is a king. He's not the strongest guy on the planet. His name is King Jehoshaphat, and he learned the secret of praising God first, and then going to victory after victory against innumerable odds. Now, before I get into his story, let me ask you. Uh, you've come this morning. Where is it? You were drawn here by the hand of God this morning, and where is it in your life that you could use a big win, a serious victory, maybe a win in your marriage, a win in your family? Maybe a financial win. Maybe, maybe an emotional victory. Where do you feel right now surrounded by crisis? I mean, the, the, the stress and the pressure. Maybe it is in your relationships. Or maybe it is in your mental health. Or, or maybe it is in your finances. And let me ask you this. In your crisis where you were just so desperate for a win where it feels like lose, 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 are you in panic mode or praise mode? Because panic just creates more problems and intensifies the pressure. But praise, praise puts us on a path that creates peace because we know that our God is at work to our good and he's going to win the victory. Okay, here's the story. King Jehoshaphat, the armies of Moab, that's one nation, and Ammon, another nation, along with the third nation, the Munites, they went to war against Jehoshaphat. Now, it doesn't, I mean, this is deeply personal. We want that guy's blood. We don't care if we've got to tear down your walls. We don't care if we've got to destroy your army, all your people, but we are coming for you. Three nations, three armies coming against Jehoshaphat. And he received this intelligence report. Could I have that back again just a second? A huge force is on its way to fight you. 
A huge force that's on his way to fight you. I see why you went on ahead of me now. There is no time to waste. They are already, this huge force, three armies, is already at En Gedi. Do you have a picture of En Gedi to show folks today? This is En Gedi. I've been there a number of times. Maybe some of you went with me on one trip to Israel or another. En Gedi today is a national park in Israel. Over 3,500 acres of land. This is the oasis in Engedi. Three national armies would be easily accommodated by 3,500 acres of land. And at Engedi, they could re- re- restore their, their provisions of water. They could water their animals. They could water their troops. They could store up extra water to take care of them. But the worst thing about being at Engedi for Jehoshaphat It's only two miles from Jerusalem, his capital city, from his throne. There is nothing standing between this three-nation army and a bloodbath, a massacre of Judah and Jehoshaphat. Look at the Word of God. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this intelligence report, and he begged the Lord, not for protection, Not for safety, not for a a way out. He prayed for guidance. That was the most important thing. If he just found God's way, it would lead not necessarily to victory, though he was hoping for that. It would lead to glory for God. He prayed for guidance. He ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting or praying. So that all the people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So first, he goes down on his face. He goes down to pray and he cries out to the Lord for guidance. So wherever we are in crises, wherever we need a major win in our lives, that's the first secret. We go down on our face and beg the Lord for guidance. Show us your way. Show us the path you've cut. Make it unmistakable. But then we get as many people praying with us as we can. Everyone asking for the Lord's help. It's not going to be my, by my ingenuity, by my relational skills, uh, by my personal charisma, by the amount of money I have in the bank. It's going to be by the Lord's help. He is our only hope. Every night, Deb and I take communion and pray for our children and our grandchildren and our church, and we pray for the Lord's help because He's our only, He's our only, He is our only hope. Um, Look at the text. Jehoshaphat took a position before the assembled people And he prayed, oh God, our God of our ancestors, are are you not God in heaven above? And ruler of all the kingdoms below, you hold all power and might in your fist. No one stands a chance against you. We know you are personally present in this place. Just as I am certain that God is personally present in this place. So whether it's at the Pontiac Center or in two weeks at Compass Church or wherever the Lord has for us in the future, He 
is in whatever space you are in. It might be your, your car driving to work. It might be when your feet hit the floor in the morning before you get all the way out of bed and you cry out to God with praise and, and you remind Him of your need for His help and His guidance. He is present in that moment. He is present in that space. I know that we have the, God, that we have the Lord's presence, that you are present here with us. Now, Jehoshaphat knew something that we need to learn that is illustrated um, as we pray out our pain and trouble, we know you will listen and give victory. Oh, that's real good. I'm glad I didn't forget that. As we pray, go back to that. Okay. As we pray out our pain and trouble. Okay, that's the secret. Pray, pain out our, praying out our pain and trouble. We know you will listen and give victory. Now, um, I brought my Chicago Bears football Today and I had a double emotional setback this week when Aaron Rodgers went back to the Packers and the Cubs baseball team was gutted. Um, but, but there's an amazing thing that happens in football. When, when the quarterback receives uh, the ball from the center across the line of scrimmage from him are, are these quick Mean, angry linebackers peering through gaps uh, established by these meaty, muscular, giant uh, defensive linemen on the edges might be defensive backs ready to, to, to sprint in and try to sack the quarterback. All those guys on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage, all they care about is destroying the quarterback. When he receives the ball, it's his problem. And all of them do their best. They stunt, they blitz, they, they try to beat by their man to get to the quarterback. It's his problem. They start to charge him as he moves away from center. It's his problem. The pressure's on him. But when he hands off the ball to the running back, it's an amazing thing. All those physical specimens, all those skilled players, all those speedy defensive backs, they stop chasing him. It stops being his problem, and they start chasing the running back. It's... it's what we've got to learn to do to get the victory. Because in our story, it's like God is saying to Jehoshaphat, hey, hand me the ball. I'll run with the ball. I'll score for you. I'll win for you. And so the secret to our emotional well-being, our spiritual well-being, our family's well-being, even our financial well-being is to take the ball, take the problem. What does Scripture say? Cast all your cares on the Lord, for He cares for you. We hand the problem off to the Lord. And he doesn't have to juke or fake or make a fancy move. Our God is a steamroller. And you either get on or you become a part of the pavement or astroturf as the situation may be. Now we can run after him and celebrate in the end zone as he wins for us. But the secret to taking the pressure and panic out of our lives, even when surrounded by crises, is to hand the ball off. The secret to a victorious family, marriage, parenting, the secret to successful finances and emotions are to keep handing the ball off to the one who can run for us and before us and win for us and score 
for us. Back to the story. The Spirit of the Lord. Here's the cool thing. When you praise the Lord in prayer. Sometimes when we talk to God, it's not even prayer. We're just speaking our panic out loud. But when we speak our praise out loud, that God, you are bigger than any struggle that I'll face. Yours is the victory. You're going to be my help. You're going to give me guidance. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. When we praise him with our prayer talk, God talks back. That's what happens here. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. Now, there's all kinds of men standing there. Why does God choose this one man to speak through him? Well, his name was Jehaziel. And Jehaziel means God sees. And so God is going to speak. I mean, Jehoshaphat has heard. He has not yet seen But God sees. You know, Jesus calls himself the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So from the end, he can see every day of our lives from the beginning. He knows what's coming. The the, the crises, the difficulty, the pain, the struggle that's coming. He knows before it even comes. And he is ready to be there and help. Ready to be there and be our hope. Ready to be there and give us strength. Ready to be there and give us comfort. Ready to be there and show us the way. He's just waiting for us to open our hearts and praise. Jehaziel, God sees, speaks this way. This is what the Lord says, based on what he sees. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Man, I have to remind myself of this on an ongoing basis. I bet every day something comes up in my life, a thought, a feeling, a circumstance, and I have to remind myself of of this truth. Do not be afraid. Afraid. That's the quarterback behind center. Taking, don't be afraid. You're going to hand off the ball. You're going to give it away. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. Tomorrow, march out. Don't cower behind the walls. Don't go into hiding. Don't let your fear take over. March out, face the fear. Go into it head on. March out against them. But you will not even need to fight. Take your position, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. I want you to do something with me that may feel a little odd, but I want it to go out. I want you to go out of here with this truth reverberating in your inner being. I want you to say with me. I'm going to say it first and you say it after me. Are you ready? The Lord is with me. This is why we don't have to be afraid. One more time. The Lord is with me. This is why we are not discouraged. One more time. The Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. This is my confidence. This is my hope. Why? The Lord is with me. How do I attract The presence of the Lord by my panic? No, by my praise, by my willingness to hand off the problem to him. King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. Tremendous. One of my favorite personal prayer postures is to get down on my knees 
put my forehead on the floor and open my heart to God. Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground and all the people did the same, worshiping the Lord. I'm so excited. Hopefully, uh, Kellen is back next weekend. But we are going to launch 35 days of prayer for our church family. 35 days of prayer. During that 35 days, you'll enter a new worship facility and ministry center and a place to worship our God. Culminating those 35 days, we'll have a great relaunch of, of Central Christian in the state line area, in this region. All the people did the same, worshiping the Lord. And then the Levites, those are like associate ministers. They all stood up. Everybody's got their face on the ground. Levites stand up to praise. Won't go back for me just a second. To praise the Lord. Okay, I'm going to ask you to do one more thing with me. This is so huge. Remember, the Lord is with me. We're going to start this way. Praise the Lord. Say that. Praise the Lord. The Lord is with me. Praise the Lord. The Lord is with me. One more time. Praise the Lord. The Lord is with me. So, you know, get this tattooed on your left thigh uh, this week. Um, but that just be, has to become our mantra. Praise the Lord. The Lord is with me. Let's see the next text. Early the next morning, the army of Judah, that's the nation that Jehoshaphat was king over, God's people. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out. Jehoshaphat stood and called them to attention. He said, believe in the Lord your God, and you shall have success. Now that's cool, but it's just about to get really better. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will have success. Believe in the Lord your God. Believe that your Lord, He is God. God who created the heavens, the earth, the sky, the sea, and all that's in them, made everything out of nothing, so that nothing is too difficult for Him. Believe the Lord your God, and you will have success. But I love this part. Believe His prophets. Believe God, believe His words, and everything will be all right. Man, I need that. I need that at times uh, in my marriage. I need that at times um, <laughs> with my adult uh, children. I need that at times as we've gone through this crazy COVID thing. Everything will be all right as I believe God, as I believe His word, as I pray Praise God and pray His Word. Everything will be all right. Now, if a person is not a Christ follower, this promise is not for them. Romans 8.28 says that God works everything together for good. Everything's going to be all right for those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. But, but, but if you believe that your God is Lord and you believe the premises and promises of His work, everything's going to be all right. It doesn't matter how things appear. It doesn't matter how the situation looks. What matters is that your belief is in the Lord your God and your belief is in the premises and promises of His Word. Let's let the story go on. Uh, the king appointed singers 
This is his first action. This is his first military strategy. His first tactic is to put those who sing well up front. The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising, there's our word again, praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. And so they sang. This is another mantra that we would be wise just to whisper as we go through every day. Great is the Lord. Great is the Lord. And whatever else it said. Great is the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Okay, thank you for putting up with an old man. At that very moment, I mean, at that very moment, at that very moment that they began to sing. Isn't that wild? When you pray, pray or sing praise, at the very moment you are praying or singing your praise to God, He is actively engaged in work to your good. We don't know when it's going to get done. We don't know how it's going to get done. All we know that we know that we know is our God is at work to our good, making everything beautiful in its time. He is able to do immeasurably, abundantly, exceedingly more than all we can ask or even imagine. Now that word praise is not halal. This is the Hebrew word tehillah. And I like it because it sounds a lot like tequila. Yeah, that's right. And if you get enough tequila in you, you do exuberant singing. And that's what tehillah means. It means exuberant singing. Here's an example from Scripture. I will exalt the Lord at all times. His tehillah will always be on my lips. Okay, that's good. Um, Now don't go away from here and tell Kellen I told you to start drinking tequila. Let tehillah be on your lips. Let's get back to our story. At the very moment, at the very moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, that's the Moonites, to start fighting among themselves. So when the army of Judah, God's people, arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. I have an enemy. You have an enemy who is ever at work. We have an enemy ever at work against us emotionally, against our marriage, against our relationships, against our families, against our emotional well-being, against our spiritual lives. But our Jesus, they flee. Demons flee in the name of Jesus. So we sing His name and we shout His name and we sigh His name and we whisper His name for the name of Jesus is a power in and of itself. It's the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue confess that He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me just show you the super abundant nature of the victories that God wins for us. When King Jehoshaphat and his people came to carry off the plunder, they found more loot than they could carry off, equipment, clothing, valuables. It took three days to cart it all away. Super abundant. It's the same word Jesus used. Super abundant is when he say, I have come to give you life. Now, remember how that text, John 10, 10, begins? For the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, but I, I've come to give life, and that life super 
abundant, super abundant joy, super abundant peace, super abundant hope, super abundant protection. They're evidencing what we get to have as we praise Jesus, as we lift up his name, as we exalt his character. Three days it took them, it took one army three days to carry off all the loot. Now, why the specific mention of three days? Well, the number three in the Bible is a big deal number Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus was executed. On Friday, that was day one. They took his limp, lifeless body from the cross and laid it in a stone-sealed tomb as Friday became day two, Saturday. All day Saturday was day of dire disappointment and unrelenting grief as the followers of Jesus just were wrecked over his death. But then day three, early on that first Easter morning, Jesus is risen from the dead. And by his death, by his resurrection, he wins that super abundant life for us. What the Bible calls the incomparably great power by which Jesus was raised from the dead. That's ours. And it, is, it triggers for us right now His deep compassion, His everlasting kindness, His unfailing love, His immeasurable mercy, His super abounding grace. Three days. Day one, crucifixion. In your place, in my place, He died as our substitute for our sin. He took the penalty we deserve. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.